Hi, I'm MC Jesse. 大家好，读你听二点零，今日继续读 Miguel de Cervantes 嘅 Don Quixote， 读到第十七节啦。呢节嘅名咧叫做 In which are contained the innumerable troubles which the brave Don Quixote and his good squire Sancho Panza endured in the inn, which to his misfortune he took to be a castle. 上一回就有一个滑稽嘅状况啦，有位诶女士主动向当吉奥提献身啦，咁但系当吉奥提都拥抱住佢嘅骑士精神嘅同时咧，啊就远去咗呢位小姐，但系呢位小姐似乎心有不甘啦，结果咧就同阿当吉奥提嘅侍从啊阿新祖咧就打起上嚟，几个人就扭斗埋一齐，咁样嘅滑稽状况。我哋睇下呢一个情况点样收货，跟住我嚟交俾 Costa 同大家读嚟听。By this time, Don Quixote had recovered from his swoon, and in the same tone of voice in which he had called to his squire the day before, when he lay stretched in the vale of the states, he began calling to him now, Sancho, my friend, art thou asleep? Sleepest thou, friend Sancho? How can I sleep? Curses on it! He turned Sancho discontentedly and bitterly. When it is plain that all the devils have been at me this night, thou mayest well believe that," answered Don Quixote. "Because either I know little, or this castle is enchanted. For thou must know, but this that I am now about to tell thee, thou must swear to keep secret until after my death." "I swear it," answered Sancho. "I say so," continued Don Quixote, "because I hate taking away anyone's good name." I say," replied Sancho, "that I swear to hold my tongue about it till the end of your worship's days, and God grant I may be able to let it out tomorrow. Do I do thee such injuries, Sancho?" said Don Quixote, "that thou would see me dead so soon? It's not for that," replied Sancho, "but because I hate keeping things long, and I don't want them to grow rotten with me from overkeeping. At any rate," said Don Quixote, "I have more confidence in thy affection and good nature." And so I would have thee know that this night there befell me one of the strangest adventures that I could describe, and to relate it to thee briefly, thou must know that a little while ago the daughter of the lord of this castle came to me, and that she is the most elegant and beautiful damsel that could be found in the wide world. What I could tell thee of the charms of her person, of her lively wit, of other secret matters which, to preserve the fealty I owe to my lady Dulcinea del Toboso. I shall pass over unnoticed and in silence. I will only tell thee that either fate, being envious of so great a boon placed in my hands by good fortune, or perhaps this castle being, as I have already said, enchanted, at a time when I was engaged in the sweetest and most amorous discourse with her, there came, without my seeing or knowing whence it came, a hand attached to some arm of some huge giant that planted such a cuff on my jaws that I have them all bathed in blood. And then pummeled me in such a way that I am in a worse plight than yesterday, when the carriers, on account of Rostinante's misbehaviour, inflicted on us the injury thou knowest of. Whence conjecture that there must be some enchanted moor guarding the treasure of this damsel's beauty, and that is not for me. Not for me either," said Sancho. For more than four hundred Moors have so thrashed me that the drubbing of the stakes was cakes and fancy bread to it. But tell me, Signor. What do you call this excellent and rare adventure that has left us as we are left now? Though your worship was not so badly off, having in your arms that incomparable beauty you spoke of, but I—what did I have? Except the heaviest wax, I think I had in all my life. 
and lucky me and the mother that bore me, for I am not a knight errant and never expect to be one, and of all the mishaps, the greater part falls to my share. Then thou hast been thrashed too, said Don Quixote. Didn't I say so? Worse luck to my line, said Sancho. Be not distressed, friend, said Don Quixote, for I will now make the precious balsam with which we shall cure ourselves in the twinkle of an eye. By this time the quadrilero had succeeded in lighting the lamp, and came in to see the man that he thought had been killed, and as Sancho caught sight of him at the door, seeing him coming in his shirt, with a cloth on his head and a lamp in his hand, and a very forbidding countenance, he said to his master, Signor, can it be that this is the enchanted moor coming back to give us more castigation, if there be anything still left in the ink bottle? It cannot be the moor, answered Don Quixote, for those under enchantment do not let themselves be seen by anyone. If they don't let themselves be seen, they let themselves be felt, said Sancho. If not, let my shoulders speak to the point. Mine could speak too, said Don Quixote, but that is not a sufficient reason for believing that what we see is the enchanted moor. The officer came up, and finding them engaged in such a peaceful conversation, stood amazed, though Don Quixote, to be sure, still lay on his back unable to move from pure pummeling and plasters. The officer turned to him and said, Well, how goes it, good man? I would speak more politely if I were you, replied Don Quixote. Is it a way of this country to address knights errant in that style, you booby? The quadrilero, finding himself so disrespectfully treated by such a sorry-looking individual, lost his temper, and raising the lamp full of oil, smote Don Quixote such a blow with it on the head that he gave him a badly broken pate. Then, all being in darkness, he went out. And Sancho Panza said, That is certainly the enchanted moor, senor, and he keeps the treasure for others and for us only the cuffs and lamb wax. That is the truth, answered Don Quixote. And there is no use in troubling oneself about these matters of enchantment or being angry or facts at them. For as they are invisible and visionary, we shall find no one on whom to avenge ourselves. Do what we may, rise central, if thou canst, and call the acclade of this fortress, and get him to give me a little oil, wine, salt, and rosemary to make the salutiferous spousum. For indeed, I believe I have great need of it now, because I am losing much blood from the wound that Phantom gave me. Sancho got up with pain enough in his bones, and went after the innkeeper in the dark, and meeting the officer, who was looking to see what had become of his enemy, he said to him, Signor, whoever you are, do us the favor and kindness to give us a little rosemary, oil, salt, and wine, for it is wanted to cure one of the best knights errant on earth, who lies on yonder bed, wounded by the hands of the enchanted moor that is in this inn. When the officer heard him talk in this way, he took him for a man out of his senses, and as day was now beginning to break, he opened the inn gate, and calling the host, he told him what this good man wanted. The host furnished him with what he required, and Sancho brought it to Don Quixote, who, with his hand to his head, was bewailing the pain of the blow of the lamp, which had done him no more harm than raising a couple of rather large lumps, and what he fancied blood was only the sweat that flowed from him in his sufferings during the late storm. To be brief, he took the materials, of which he had a compound, mixing them all and boiling them in good while until it seemed to him they had come to perfection. He then asked for some vial to pour it into. And as there was not one in the inn, he decided on putting it into a tin oil bottle, or flask of which the host made him a free gift. And over the flask he repeated more than eighty paternosters and as many more avemarias salves credos, accompanying each word with a cross by way of benediction 
and all which there were present, Sancho, the innkeeper, and the cuadrillero, for the carrier was now peacefully engaged in attending to the comfort of his mules. This being accomplished, he felt anxious to make trial himself on the spot of the virtue of this precious balsam, as he considered it. And so he drank near a quart of what could not be put into the flask and remain in the pigskin in which he had been boiled. But scarcely had he done drinking when he began to vomit in such a way that nothing was left in his stomach. And with the pangs and spasms of vomiting, he broke into a profuse sweat, on account of which he bade them cover him up and leave him alone. They did so, and he lay sleeping more than three hours. At the end of which he awoke and felt very great bodily relief and so much ease from his bruises that he thought himself quite cured and verily believed he had hit upon the balsam of Viarabras and that with this remedy he might thenceforward without any fear face any kind of destruction, battle or combat, however perilous it might be. Sancho Panza, who also regarded the amendment of his master as miraculous, begged him to give him what was left in the pigskin, which was no small quantity. Don Quixote consented, and he, taking it with both hands, in good faith and with a better will, gulped down and drained off very little less than his master. But the fact is that the stomach of poor Sancho was of necessity not so delicate as that of his master, and so before vomiting he was seized with such grippings and retchings and such sweats and faintness that verily and truly he believed his last hour had come. And finding himself so racked and tormented, he cursed the balsam and the thief that had given it to him. Don Quixote, seeing him in his state, said, "It is my belief, Sancho, that this mischief comes of thy not being duped a night, for I am persuaded this liquor cannot be good for those who are not so." If your worship knew that, returned Sancho, woe betide me and all my kindred! Why did you let me taste it? At this moment, the drought took effect, and the poor squire began to discharge both ways at such a rate that the rush mat on which he had thrown himself and a canvas blanket he had covering him were fit for nothing afterwards. He sweated and perspired with such paroxysm and convulsions that not only he himself but all present thought his end had come. This tempest and tribulation lasted about two hours, at the end of which he was left not like his master. But so weak and exhausted that he could not stand. Don Quixote, however, who, as has been said, felt himself relieved and well, was eager to take his departure at once in quest of adventures, as it seemed to him that all the time he loitered there was a fraud upon the world and those in it who stood in need of his help and protection. All the more when he had the security and confidence his balsam afforded him, and so urged by this impulse, he saddled Rocinante himself. And put the pack saddle on his squire's beast, whom likewise he helped to dress and mount the ass. After which he mounted his horse and turning to a corner of the inn, he laid hold of Pike that stood there to serve him by the way of a lance. All that were in the inn, who were more than twenty persons, stood watching him. The innkeeper's daughter was likewise observing him, and he too never took his eyes off her. And from time to time fetched a sigh that he seemed to pluck up from depths of his bowels. But they all thought it must be from the pain he felt in his ribs. In any rate, they who had seen him plastered the night before thought so. As soon as they were both mounted at the gate of the inn, he called to the host and said in a very grave and measured voice, "Many and great are the favors, Signor Alcade, that I have received in this castle of yours, and I remain under the deepest obligation to be grateful to you for them all the days of my life." If I can repay them in avenging you of any arrogant foe who may have wronged you, 
to know that my calling is no other than to aid the weak, to avenge those who suffer wrong, and to chastise perfidy. Search your memory, and if you find anything of this kind, you need only tell me of it. And I promise you, by the order of knighthood which I have received, to procure you satisfaction and reparation to the utmost of your desire. The innkeeper replied to him with equal calmness, "Sir knight, I do not want your worship to avenge me of any wrong, because when any is done me, I can take what vengeance seems good to me. The only thing I want is that you pay me the score that you have run up in the inn last night, as well for the straw and barley for your two beasts, as for supper and beds." Then this is an inn," said Don Quixote, "and a very respectable one," said the innkeeper. "I have been under a mistake all this time," answered Don Quixote. "For in truth, I thought it was a castle, and not a bad one. But since it appears that it is not a castle but an inn, all that can be done now is that you should excuse the payment, for I cannot contravene the rule of knights errant, of whom I know as a fact that they never paid for lodging or anything else in the inn where they might be." For any hospitality that might be offered them is their due by law and right in return for the insufferable toil they endure in seeking adventures by night and by day, in summer and in winter, on foot and on horseback, in hunger and thirst, cold and heat, exposed to all the inclemencies of heaven and all the hardships of earth. I have little to do with that," replied the innkeeper. "Pay me what you owe me, and let us have no more talk of chivalry. For all I care about is to get my money." You are a stupid, scurvy innkeeper," said Don Quixote. And putting spurs to Rocinante and bringing his pike to the slope, he rode out of the inn before anyone could stop him, and pushed on some distance without looking to see if his squire was following him. The innkeeper, when he saw him go without paying him, ran to get payment of Sancho, who said that as his master would not pay, neither would he, because being as he was squire to a knight errant. The same rule and reason held good for him as for his master with regard to not paying anything in inns and hostelries. At this, the innkeeper waxed very wroth, and threatened if he did not pay to compel him in a way that he would not like. To which Sancho made answer that by the law of chivalry his master had received, he would not pay a rap, though it cost him his life. For the excellent and ancient usage of knights errant was not going to be violated by him, nor should the squires of such as were yet to come into the world ever complain of him or reproach him with breaking so just a privilege. The ill luck of the unfortunate Sancho so ordered it that among the company in the inn there were four wool carders from Segovia, three needle makers from the court of Cordova, and two lodgers from the fair of Seville. Lively fellows, tender-hearted, fond of a joke, and playful, who, almost as if instigated and moved by a common impulse, made up to Sancho and dismounted him from his ass. While one of them went in for the blanket of the host's bed, but on flinging him into it, they looked up and, seeing the ceiling was somewhat lower than what they required for their work, they decided upon going out into the yard, which was bounded by the sky, and there. Putting Sancho in the middle of the blanket, they began to raise him high, making sport with him as they would with a dog at Shrovetide. The cries of the poor blanketed wretch were so loud that they reached the ears of his master, who, halting to listen attentively, was persuaded that some new adventure was coming, until he clearly perceived that it was his squire who uttered them. Wheeling about, he came up to the inn with a labourer's scallop. And finding it shut, went round to see if he could find some way of getting in, 
But as soon as he came to the wall of the yard, which was not very high, he discovered the game that was being played with his squire. He saw him rising and falling in the air with such grace and nimbleness that, had his rage allowed him, it is my belief he would have laughed. He tried to climb from his horse onto the top of the wall. But he was so bruised and battered that he could not even dismount, and so from the back of his horse he began to utter such maledictions and objurgations against those who were blanketing Sancho as it would be possible, as it would be impossible to write down accurately. They, however, did not stay the laughter or their work for this. Nor did the flying Sancho cease his lamentations, mingled now with threats, now with entreaties, but all to little purpose, or none at all. Until from pure weariness they left off, they then brought him his ass, and mounting him on top of it, they put his jacket round him. And the compassionate Maritones, seeing him so exhausted, thought fit to refresh him with a jug of water, and that it might be all the cooler she fetched it from the well. Sancho took it, and as he was raising it to his mouth, he was stopped by the cries of his master, exclaiming, "Sancho, my son, drink not water, drink it not, my son, for it will kill thee." See here, I have the blessed balsam, and with drinking two drops of it, thou wilt certainly be restored. At these words, Sancho turned his eyes as quint, and in a still louder voice said, "Can it be your worship has forgotten that I am not a knight, or do you want me to end by vomiting what bowels I have left after last night? Keep your liquor in the name of all the devils, and leave me to myself." And at one and the same instant, he left off talking and began drinking. But as at the first sup. He perceived it was water. He did not care to go on with it, and begged Maritornes to fetch him some wine, which she did with right good will, and paid for it with her own money. For indeed they say of her that, though she was in that line of life, there was some faint and distant resemblance to a Christian about her. When Sancho had done drinking, he dug his heels into his ass, and the grate of the inn being thrown open, he passed out very well pleased at having paid nothing and carried his point. Though it had been at the expense of his usual sureties, his shoulders. It is true that the innkeeper detained his avoirdupois in payment of what was owing to him, but Sancho took his departure in such a flurry that he never missed him. The innkeeper, as soon as he saw him off, wanted to bar the gate close, but the blanketers would not agree to it, for they were fellows who would not have cared two farthings for Don Quixote, even had he been really one of the knight errants of the Round Table. Guys, I cost that. 好呢节就完咗啦，咁呢一节咧就都系继续搞笑、哦。唐吉诃德咧就制造咗呢个药啊，治疗之水，讲到天上有地下冇嘅，一饮咧所有伤病都即时会治愈嘅。啊，点知咧呢、这个配方咧似乎系出现咗啲问题啊！饮完之后咧，诶、呃，无论系当乔诃提啊，或者系新造咧，两个都系摸到飞起。完全系不能够继续落去嘅。当乔一提嘅身体好啲，肠胃好啲啦，但系新早咧就真系顶唔顺嘅。再之后咧，当乔一提再次提出俾阿新早饮嘅时候，诶，新早直情系直接话：你不如俾我死咗佢啦，我唔可以再饮噶啦。都几搞笑嘅呢两位主仆之间啊，吓，虽然新早唔认为自己系仆人啊，但系当佢要走数咧。唔俾钱俾呢个宾馆嘅主人嘅时候咧，佢又套用翻佢嘅骑士精神喎、哦、吓。当佢食霸王餐嘅时候咧，就大条道理啦，即系话咧，我哋做骑士呢行咧，去到宾馆咧就唔需要俾钱嘅
啊，因为咧我哋咧嘅工作咧，我哋嘅信条咧就系要同风雨去搏斗啦，要同。誒路見不平要拔刀相助啦，呢啲就係你應該俾我哋嘅報酬，就係唔使收我哋錢。咁但係個本主啊非常之咁清醒啦，就唔會俾呢啲咁樣嘅無謂嘅信條所影響啊，就係話我唔理啊，總之你俾錢我。咁而最尾呢，就真係攞咗佢哋旅行嘅一啲裝備啦，同 focus 即係佢哋嗰個佢哋隨身攜帶啲物品啦。但係因為新組都唔記得咗啦，咁啊算啦。好，我哋睇下呢字有啲乜嘢，字唔大分享。Swoon， 文中一开头就有介绍呢个 swoon 呢个字 ，S W O O N， 喺呢度系名词嚟嘅 ，an occurrence of fainting， 系一开始咧就系话唐家旺特喺个昏睡之中苏醒啦、啊。Swoon，castigation，castigation，C A S T I G A T I O N， 名词嚟嘅。castigate 就係嗰個動詞啦 ，castigation 係名詞啦 ，to reprimand severely， 好嚴重嘅責罰啊，好嚴重嘅責罵，訓情，有個幾嚴厲嘅字眼嚟嘅 ，castigation，inclemency，inclemency 呢個係形容天氣嘅個名詞啦，係一個唔好嘅天氣啊，不幸啊，一個貶義詞嚟 ，inclemency，unpleasantly cold or wet。坏天气啦，唔单止系坏天气咁简单啦，通常都系大雨啦，好冻嘅吓，好 unpleasant 嘅。好，我哋下一节再读嚟听，下次再见，拜拜。If you like this video, make sure to comment, like, share, and subscribe. Adios.